I said to Pastor Rod, you know, it's, uh, he asked, okay, why don't you get a team of, to preach? And so I said, okay, with Raya and with, with Gisela, we could do a series on loving our neighbors. What, it mean, what does it mean to love those people around us, people who are in our communities, even around City Temple? Um, some of you sometimes come on the weekdays uh, to the prayer or to the midweek service on Thursday, or, or for other reasons, you may be in the building for seminars or programs. And I always feel that challenge. How do we love those people around us in the city? How do we love those around us in our neighborhood? And so I was talking to Pastor Rod and, you know, how we can maybe pray for a strategy and ideas. And we were talking, uh, and we've talked with other members and leaders of the church about small groups and praying about how God can bring something from that. So we, we were talking about, well, let's talk about loving our neighbors, what it is like to love those around us. And, um, the text that I've got today is in John chapter 4. Um, we're looking at the woman at the well. And I know this is a well-known story. If you've, especially if you've been in Sunday school, you've, you've heard this text a lot as well. But it's, uh, I, I, I enjoy this. I saw something new in it for myself. And I thought, well, it'd be good to share it with everyone. So in John chapter 4, verses 1 onwards, to, to about verse 30, we'll be reading this. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and, de- and departed again from Galilee. And he, and, his, and he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman from Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that was saying it to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get the living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You're right in saying, I have no husband, for you've had five husbands, and the one you have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here 
when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to Him, I know that the Messiah is coming, He who is called Christ. When He comes, He will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am He. Just then His disciples came back, and they marveled that He was talking with a, with a woman. But no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, come and see the man who told me all that I ever did. Come, this, can this be the Christ? They went out to the town and were coming to him. And in Mark chapter 2, verse 17, it's just the one verse there says, um, when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Um, in the summertime, or, or actually even in the half terms, I'm always looking for programs or things to do with the kids. And um, as you know, my family's growing. We now have the fifth child on the way. And uh, for those of you, I give a little update. We know it's a girl now, so we're going to have a baby girl. So it's Four girls and one boy. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I, uh, please pray for me because I, I grew up with two brothers. I don't, I, for me now, this is a whole new thing to, to learn to raise up daughters. And so, uh, please, mercy, grace, and wisdom <laughs> for the years ahead of me. And so, one of the things that I, I find challenging with the kids as they're growing up is finding things for them to do, things for them to be involved in, to be encouraged, to after, work, after school activities or weekend or even now in the summer. And I always have this challenge with them. They always say to me, no, I don't want to go. I'm not going to like it. I don't know the people there. Or what if it's uncomfortable? Or what if this and the other? And they always have like a different reason for not wanting to, to, to go. And it, literally, we've, we've had to learn different tactics to get the kids involved in something. And so we would just say, you know, and we would say, look, it's, you're, you're going to enjoy it. It's going to be something different. You, you haven't seen it before. Or come and see. And so it's kind of you know, this thing of just, just come and see, just come and see. And then afterwards, we'd always get this really nice thing, like that we've taken them to uh, some youth groups near the local area with, with, the, with the churches are doing some programs for the summer. We've taken them to some of the uh, shopping centers. We've also been doing these programs for kids to help them get involved in, in media and, and programming and coding. And so we said, come and see, just come and see. And then afterwards, we'd ask them, so what was it like? Oh, it was fantastic. We, it was amazing. We, you know, we did games. They had chocolate. They had pizza. They had, you know, we, we, we were playing with robots. We were doing programming. We were doing this. And I just said to them, it's come and see. And you'd be surprised what happens. And I think I like about this story that this woman says to, you know, to, Jesus, to, says to, to her friends or to the people of the town near her, come and see. But let's have, just before we get into that, let's just look a little bit about the text. And a kind of a prophetic imaging and, and try and get the, the, the picture of, of what's happening here. You've got to see some of the barriers that are here. And I, I, when we look at this text and just this context, this history, just a little bit I want to explain. I mean, there was some, we're going to see some religious barriers here. We're going to see some even gender barriers, some racial barriers, even moral barriers that Jesus has to kind of go through. But um, when, we, when we're part of the kingdom of God, we know that love overcomes all. And when we're looking for to share our faith or to love our neighbors, we've got to start with that place in love that overcomes, that love that breaks through the barriers. 
And Jesus was in one part of, of, uh, in Judea, and he was going to go to Galilee. He was going to go to the north. And most religious people at that time would just kind of travel around. They wouldn't go straight through because they wanted to avoid the Samaritans. They avoided this, this group of people. They were a mixed race of people with a different way. Of, they had a mix of Judaism, a bit of their faith, but they only held to the five books of the Old Testament. And, um, and they were just, they, they didn't, the Jews who were, who were you know, the, the descendants of Abraham, those who Jesus was preaching to first, wouldn't accept them. The Pharisees and Sadducees would nothing to do with this group of Samaritans and that part of the world, part of this uh, of Israel they would avoid and they would literally travel around which would take days to get through to, to get to Galilee and back down again those who were very pious and religious would do that but yet Jesus interestingly he just kind of goes through he doesn't kind of look at this and say okay I'm not going to go there and then if anything he's like I'm very bold and, and just straight into that he's going into into Samaria and he goes into this group of people and you've got to understand that again that, that history there's a there's this division between them. And yet, you know, we're, the, the Samaritans were disliked, and, you know, and it goes really far back. But, the, you know, there was a, the Jews looked down at them completely and, and didn't accept them, you know. And I guess we could say today there's a similarity when you see the Palestinians and Israelites and Israelis. There's this division. They wouldn't talk to each other and stuff. And even though people try to have reconciliation, there's, there's quite a big division. And so... Jesus going through Samaria is, is, a, is a huge thing. He is, he is breaking the, 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 uh, the norms. And so just looking a little bit at the text that we're in and, and getting it, remember Jesus had been baptizing. And it actually wasn't Jesus. It was his disciples that were baptizing. And they were, you know, John's ministry was decreasing and, and Jesus was increasing. And, and Jesus yet didn't want to bring confrontation. He's, he's thinking, okay, we first let's go in and reach, uh, continue our work in other areas. And he goes to Sychar, this, this town. He's in there, and he's tired from his journey, and he's beginning to ask for water. But Sychar is an interesting place. This is, uh, historically, this is where Abraham first arrived in, to, into Canaan from Babylon. And this is where God appeared to Abraham, also in Canaan, and renewed the promise of giving him the land to him and to his descendants. This is where Abraham built an altar and called upon the name of the Lord. This is where Jacob came safely when he returned with his wives and children from, from, the, from a journey to, uh, with Laban. This is where Jacob bought a piece of land from a Canaanite named Hamor for a hundred pieces of silver. This is where Jacob also built an altar to the Lord and called it Eloah Israel. This established the connection between Jacob and what we can't know now, the Jacob's well in Sychar. Sychar was also a place where Dina, the daughter of Jacob, was raped, and the sons of Jacob massacred the men of the city in retaliation. This was the, the ground where Jacob gave his son to Joseph and the land that Jacob had conquered from the Amorites with his sword and bow in, 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 a, in a battle. This is where the bones of Joseph were eventually buried and when they were carried up to, to Egypt. And this is where Joshua made a covenant with Israel, renewing their commitment to God and of Israel, proclaiming, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And, so, you know, and some say that Sikah means drunken. So you imagine the Jews were, were probably already marking this and saying, this is not a good place. This is a drunken place. This is a bad place. And they wouldn't have anything to do with it. And yet, this was going to be a place of transformation. This was going to be a place of an encounter with God and the Samaritan woman. And this was going to be a place where, they, you know, these were neighbors. These were, these were two different groups, but they were neighbors to each other, yet they weren't connecting. They weren't sharing. And yet, um, if you look further on in the, in the book of Acts, 
it's a place where even Paul and Barnabas were saying, you know, we went to Samaria to check on the believers that were there. So there was some fruit afterwards. But looking again at the story here, the woman of Samaria, you know, by tradition, a rabbi wouldn't speak to a woman in public. So first, this gender barrier at that time. And um, I was talking to a friend of mine who's in ministry, and he he ministers in, um, in the north of England. And he, we were just talking about all the current affairs and all the issues that were happening and, you know, the, 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 the difficulties that sometimes the church has in communicating. And he said something I thought that was interesting. He thought sometimes we, we're letting other groups champion the conversation. We're letting them take over the conversation about women's rights or, 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 or the immigrants' rights or the, or the rights that are nationalists or, or students and so-and-so. And I thought that was interesting because, yeah, when I was looking at this text... I was looking, look how Jesus is. He's talking to a woman from a different nationality, from a different group, ethnic group, who was, was rejected, not, not just by the Jews, but on top of that, this woman, where we're going to see, was, wasn't a, a righteous woman. And really, the word would be immoral almost. And this is Jesus. He's a, you know, he is the Son of God. He is the Lamb of God. He's you know, without sin. And yet he comes and has this conversation and I was thinking sometimes, you know, people say, oh, the Bible is so outdated. It doesn't speak to our generation. And, and if anything, it really is speaking to our time where we see these conversations about women and uh, about the rights and the quality. When we see the conversations about giving dignity to people who are the outside, the, those who are being rejected by, by different groups. And yet Jesus is really bringing that conversation even to today. I mean, I, I don't know about you, you know. I do want to make a small plug here about the social media because I, I, I do work for that part in City Temple. But please, if you see the posts on City Temple, share them. Share out the posts. They're always Bible verses and occasionally we may put up some, some of the information happening here. But it really helps us to, sh- when, it go, when you share it out, more people see what's happening in City Temple and it brings people to, to know that, that there's life in the church. But why do I say that? Because in, in social media, there are these conversations. You know, women are not getting paid at the same as, as men in, in certain a, uh, areas of industry, or, you know, uh, the, the, the children are being treated unjustly, or those who are, are the outside, those who are, who are feeling uh, the out, outcasts or the immigrants or the refugee are not being treated equally or with dignity. And yet, all of those conversations that are being championed by, let's say, non-Christian groups, Christ here in this text is taking these, these conversations seriously. He brings it here and he's saying, look, these are important things. This is a woman from... Samaria, this is a woman who, again, like this, this immorality and these, these things are there. So, you know, he, Jesus, very simple thing, give me a, a drink of water. And so this conversation starts. And I think this is, again, a, a tool for us, learning to talk with others. Begin the conversation, begin to talk and start saying, okay, you know, what do we need to, to, to connect with, with those who are, are different from us? The water, the world, give me a drink. If you knew that, and, and Jesus having this conversation, the woman in Samaria, uh, the, it would say, sorry, let me just go backwards. Uh, the, the rabbi wouldn't speak in public, not even to his own wife. And it was also very unusual for a Jewish person at the time to ask favor to accept a drink from a Samaritan, or even a cup, you know, to take a cup from a woman. Jesus' request genuinely surprised the woman. The disciples, uh, and this is interesting in the text, because Jesus sends off his disciples in Samaria to go and get food. So he's even training his disciples to be missionaries and, and I guess they didn't really realize it but they're, they're in this, you know Jesus, you know, we, we could have gone round but instead we're, we're here in Samaria and on top of that Jesus is sending them, get food from the Samaritans get food from this, these people, from this group 
And so he's talking to the, to the woman and he's asking for a drink. And he's, this interesting conversation begins to happen. Now, something I also want to say to you, this is one of the longest conversations in the New Testament. So this is really interesting. I thought, you know, when I was going through the notes and looking at the commentaries, and it was one of, you know, there's, there's lots of conversations that Jesus has. He has a, a, a conversation with a Syrophoenician woman. Remember, and he talks about they're not giving bread to the, to the dogs, and yet she's really wise and says, but even the little dogs have bread from, from, the, from the crumbs from the floor. But this is a conversation that's even more stretched and much longer. And yet, this, and it's really, and here in the scripture, it's recorded for us to, to see. And so it begins this conversation, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that it says to you, give me a drink. And Jesus drew the woman into this conversation, making her curious about things. Um, and I, that makes me think a lot about how sometimes when we're, we're talking with people, how we can begin to whet the appetite for things of God. I, I try to talk a lot with the, the Uber drivers or the cab drivers. And recently in, in Barcelona, we, we, we met a, 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 one of our cab drivers that was like an Uber cab. This guy was huge. I remember he was like seven foot plus. He was a really big guy. And he was North African. He was, uh, he was a uh, Muslim. And so I, I said, to, we were just, just beginning the conversation, just again, just trying to open up his heart to, to, to hear where he was. I wanted to connect with him, hear his story. What brought you to Barcelona? What brings you to here? What happened? You know, why your family? And how do you feel being in such a, a city so like, like this? And it was interesting. And then it comes to that conversation where we start to get about God, the conversation where we start to talk about faith, and we're trying to find how to connect. And he was, you know, I always try to begin with Abraham. At least there we have some, some stories that we can start with. And it's the conversation there. And, then he, he, and he was really interested at the end. I listened to him. And he says, you're the first Christian person that actually listened to, to me as well. Because I usually feel that they, all they want to do is just win an argument with me. And I said, well, that's, I understand there's a way of, you know, there's a time for that. And there are people that are very gifted at, at winning an argument. But sometimes people just need to be listened to. And just the conversation, just, just opening up the heart. I said, oh, where, where do you worship God? He's asked me. And then I said, this is where the church we're visiting in, in, in Spain. And so that just one conversation just kind of opened an opportunity there. And I think Jesus just knew. Let's just start by asking conversation. If you knew, you know, this cup of water and, you know, if you knew the drink and, and, and he goes further on, so he, you know, he starts making her curious about the things. Of God. If you knew the gift of God and he makes her curious about who Jesus is and who it is who says to you, and, and, and in even more curious, what he could give to her. He would have given you living water. He's speaking about these springs of water coming out. And so for them, it was something supernatural to see springs of water f- coming out of the ground. And she, you've got to understand her, the history of this woman, the little bit that we can understand. We don't have her name. We don't know who she, her name is or her age. We just know that she's from Samaria. She's a Samaritan woman. But there are some things that begin to unravel. As Jesus says, where's your husband? You know, can you bring your husband here? And then she begins this and says, well, no, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, well, you've kind of said the right thing there. But you've, you know, you've had five, and the one that you're with is not your husband. So there begins this, this going into the, not, not just going to talk about the, or the, the top layer. We're going to go into the heart of it. And there's, this op- there's opportunities of the conversation when we talk with our neighbors, when we share with others to go deeper into the heart of something. And you see this, this thing where, where she kind of says, oh, you must be a prophet. 
And I love that Jesus isn't shaming her. This isn't a conversation happening with all the disciples around. This isn't a conversation happening uh, at the mount with all the, dis- you know, all the followers. This isn't somewhere where the religious are debating with Jesus. This is something personal, one-to-one. He's not there to make her feel more guilty. He's not there to make, feel her, make her condemned. But he's wanting, like a, like a good doctor, saying, look, there's, you know, yeah, we can talk about God. We can talk about worship. But there's something here that I need to deal with in your heart. And it's this, this issue that you're, you've been in one and another relationship. Now, think about this. This is more than 2,000 years ago. Even in today's standards, someone that's been married five times, we would think, wow, that's a mess. You know, when we see uh, celebrities or politicians or people in, that are uh, you know, well-known who have gone through three, four, five, we think, you know, something's not right there. Something's, you know, something's wrong with this person. Can you imagine 2,000 in this t- 2,000 years ago, in the time that Jesus is in, and to say to this woman, you know, you've had many husbands, you really haven't, re- you know, your life isn't all there, and yet she's not, you know, she's not running away from it. And the reason she would go to the watering one, well, and the time that, that, that Jesus arrives was at the sixth hour, which is probably midday, which is the hottest time of the day, he comes and he gets the water from the well, she's getting the water from the well, she's avoiding all the other women. She, she is an outcast. Apart from be, not being liked by the Jewish community or the Jewish people, she wasn't liked by her own people. Could you imagine the, the community there saying that this woman has, many, has had many husbands and right now the guy that she's with is not even her husband. So she felt rejected. She felt outcast. She felt really like unwanted and unliked. And yet Jesus comes and has this encounter with her. And I think that's wonderful about the grace of God the mercy of God, the love of God, looking for her, looking for this person and just seeking her. Because uh, something that, that we look, if, if, if you read, um, you know, reading again the chapter, I was looking at the conversations that Jesus had. And the, the previous conversation to the woman at the well is the Nicodemus conversation. We all know that conversation that Jesus has with Nicodemus, the religious Pharisee, and the, and the famous text that we get in John chapter 3, verse 16. Come on, everyone knows it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That all happens with Nicodemus. You have to be born again. All of that happens in conversation with Nicodemus. And, and Nicodemus comes at midnight. He comes in the darkest. He comes at a moment where he, he doesn't want other religious leaders. He, he's kind of interested in what Jesus says. I'm going to go and find him. I'm going to go and talk with him. See what he has and, and, and understand he is, is, there's something, there's truth in him. And yet, if you compare... This second conversation, this is a woman, an outcast, a, a, a sinner, uh, rejected by the Jews, and then Jesus looks for her. And I, I just thought these two parallels were so interesting. This righteous, pious man in, in John chapter 3, and yet this sinful, uh, outcast woman in chapter 4. And yet Jesus, with both of them, he has this amazing conversations. but he gives a lot more time to the woman. He doesn't just, you know, he, he doesn't say, okay, with this one, yes, and this one, no. And I, I think it's great because we, I think with the body of Christ, we've got to understand there's, there's different conversations. I see people that are gifted with apologetics, and we see people who've got that ability to argue a case, who are able to kind of like bring it down and really kind of share the gospel and defend it and show the truth and understanding of it. And then there's people who are just really good at sharing and loving their neighbors and sharing and loving the community and have that gift as well of bringing people in. And we need all of that. We need all of those conversations. We need all of those gifts in the body of Christ. We need to know how to, to use those tools that God has given us so we can kind of bring people into, into the kingdom. And so she, she's having this conversation with this woman and then you see these two things happening and you see that there's this, this, this moment that she could probably feel so ashamed. She sees that he's a prophet and then they begin to speak about worship. 
But I, I just, my emphasis really here is these kind of barriers here. This is a woman, there was that gender barrier. This is an immoral woman, this is that sinful barrier. And this is, you know, and this is Jesus breaking every single structure there just to share the gospel, to show the love. You know, when I, I think about it, when we, we're sharing with our neighbors, when we're sharing with the people around us, we share our stories. And we understand that how God's been good to us, how God has also shown grace and love to us, how he's forgiven us, and how he's connected us to his story. And I, and, um, I have a few friends who are, La- who are Latin American who, are, who have now part, they say, I'm part of the LGBT community. And they, they, they're starting to kind of come, which is very strange for the for, for Latino community because people are quite traditional in that community. And yet, obviously, they think that that's their all and end of story. And I, trying to share with them, no, there's a bigger story. There's the story of our creator and, and there's a, this grace and this love for you and that he wants you to be part of his story, that your identity is more than all of those things. And just beginning to share that love of God, just to begin to kind of connect our stories with them. This racial barrier that, that, that Jesus breaks is also another thing that I just really, really, for me, was, was a great thing because seeing what's happening around, and I've, I've been sharing with people again because uh, it was really nice that we got... Uh, opportunity to minister in one of the Filipino churches uh, representing City Temple. Noel, myself, and, and Brother Zach, we would go there and sharing and just to connect with another community, another, another uh, ethnic group, and also sharing and celebrating and understanding. I, I love this, what we, we say here in City Temple, that we are polycultural, that it's not just I'm, I'm Latino or, or I'm British or I am Irish or I am uh, African or I am uh, Asian, but we're, you know, we're the kingdom of God. And yes, we have those identities, we have those, those, those things, but we also represent God's kingdom. And, and it's a wonderful image of, of these things. And so being in, a, in, a, in those areas and just sharing about this and saying how Jesus also broke those barriers and, and didn't see them as, as, as something to stop them. And the other thing about the Samaritan woman, uh, uh, take, you know, Jesus also taking the cup. It's something so simple. Taking a cup of water. I have a friend who, who does outreach to to the Muslim community in, in the Middle East. I sometimes, when he comes through London, we talk and we ha- celebrate. And one of the things he teaches uh, churches in the West, he says to them, he does this, he says, I ask my neighbors who are Muslim, and I say to them, uh, where do you buy your meat? Where do you buy your chicken? Where do you buy your beef? You know, and so, okay, you know, I, the Muslim neighbor would say, I buy my beef or my lamb or my chicken from this shop. Is, I'm going to buy from there because I want to cook you a meal from my, for, for, you, for me to serve you. And he does that. He goes to the, he goes to the butchers, the halal, I guess is, is the, the name, and he buys the chicken or the beef and he cooks it and he begins and he shares. And he says, and nine times out of ten, the conversations that we have because I've broken a barrier because I've took something that they have and I bring it to me and I share the gospel around that. And food is a great way to share, share the gospel as well. Food is a great way to share our love to our neighbors. And I think sometimes, we, you know, we just, we have to kind of say, okay. And I've asked Pastor Rod, I said to him, you've got the difficult part of this teaching, to answer those questions. What is, what is clean and unclean? Because some people are going to come and say, but Pastor, we can't touch that. Or that's, that's food to so-and-so. And yet, you know, there, there are some explanations to that. And I've left that hard part to Pastor Rod. <laughs> and to Ryer as well. I've given Ryer some, some difficult verses as well to, to unfold and unpack. I'm more pastoral in this. I, my heart's more like, guys, come on, let's get out there and do some stuff. But these guys are the teachers and they're going to break it down more on you. But yeah, just, just uh, my, my friend uh, Hisham, his name is, he would do these and he would share 
food and see people come to Christ as well, families, and just sharing and just continuously loving them and just bringing just community around food and, and, and areas like this. So just looking at this, and, and, the, and the last thing I want to kind of share that for me is exciting is that this woman finishes, you know, she tells, she goes back to her people. They have this whole conversation about theology. It's just great. It's why they're talking about worship. You know, do we worship in, in, in our mountain or do we, we worship in Jerusalem? And at the end, Jesus says, it's not there or here. It's we're going to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. These places are not going to be important, but it's going to be a worship in the spirit and in, in the word of God, knowing these things. And, and he comes back and he says, he says these th- amazing truths. And she goes off to her town and she comes back with just, and just saying this, come and see, come and see. She tells her friend, imagine, you've got to understand, she's rejected by her community. And yet, because she's had an encounter with Jesus, because she's, you know, even though this, her sin has been revealed, she's telling people, come, I want you to see this man who told me my whole life, and, and, and he is, I think he is the Christ, he is the Messiah, the one we've been expecting and waiting. And just by saying, come and see, come and see, literally a whole town comes to, to Christ, which is so different to Nicodemus. I think, Nick, I think it's great that Nicodemus, and we've got this great text in, in John chapter 3, but Nicodemus, you don't really see him going to the Pharisees or back to his group of uh, his community and saying, look, I've just talked to Jesus and I've understood. He's given me these great spiritual truths. He's, he's, made, he's broken down the arguments for me and come, now look, connect with him. Yet you see with, with, with this Samaritan woman, yet she just really kind of simply just says, guys, this was an amazing conversation. This guy didn't reject me. He even asked me for my cup. You know, you know what the Jews are like. They wouldn't even touch anything of us. And you know who I am, how bad my life is. And yet he was willing to talk and spend time with me, made me feel comfortable, made me feel like a real person, gave me dignity. And now I'm part, look, I want you to come and see. And this whole town, this whole group of people come. And we don't know how long. It it seems like they spent three days, I think the text says, in total. And there was just this small revival, this small move of God happening in Samaria. And then when you go further into the book of Acts, you see that the, the apostles are going through Samaria, checking on these believers, making sure that they're filled with the Holy Spirit. So I just, for me, the, the, these, the, these are the things that I, I feel I want to leave with you today with, with, to think about as we love our neighbors. That, that this, this woman brought salvation and just a simple thing, come and see. Like I say to my kids, come and see. I know it's difficult. Maybe you don't, you know, you don't feel comfortable talking to new people or something, but just saying to someone, come and see. I, use, I sometimes say to friends and family to come and City Temple, I say, come and see, there's a great meal. There's a lady called Feli, and she, she does an amazing meal in this place. I say, come and see, the worship's awesome, it's different. Come and see, there's a, an eldership. I, I've said to some of my friends who are from other churches um, who, are, who are not connected to churches, I say, come and see, this, this church is so multicultural, it's amazing. You know, I've been to some, ch- I've, been, I've, I've been the blessed to, to preach at some places, and uh, their leadership is, is, is uh, British or it's African or it's Latin American and that's it, that's it. It's, and here we've got such a diversity and they're thinking, wow, this is, this is a really special place. Come and see, come and see, come and see the word of God. Come and see what God's doing in this place. Jesus, you know, wants worshippers from all tribes, Bengali, Gypsy, Polish, Somalian, Japanese, from all the nations. And I, I, I get choked up a little bit about that because I think about, you know, how it's going to be in heaven. Yes, yes, we, we are the kingdom of God, but yes, we're also this, these different nations. We're worshipping in Spanish, English, and in your mother tongue. Tagalog, talking about the Filipinos, it was so funny being with them. They, they looked at me, and the guy's talking to me in Tagalog, and he looks at 
Noel and speaks in Tagalog and looks at someone else speaks in Tagalog and looks at me. I don't speak Tagalog. <laughs> I'm looking at the guy and I think, is he speaking to me in tongues? <laughs> I, was like, I was just looking at him. But it was, it was just wonderful. They felt that I was part of it. Because, oh, because your name is Marcos and, and we have Marcos in the Filipino community. And I thought, oh, okay, I, I'm Filipino in, in Jesus' name. <laughs> I'm part of you as well. So it's a wonderful picture that all together, and I, I will be wonderful to hear uh, African tongues, Asian tongues, the European, and all worshiping God. And that Jesus was saying to this woman, just kind of getting that picture into her right now. That as, you know, you're going to worship, yeah, you the Samaritans, you who feel outcast, you who feel outside of the community, you who feels that are not accepted. You know, God's going to use you in that. And yeah, my, Jesus is seeking worshippers. And I, I, want, I love this, that Jesus says, you know, my father is seeking worshippers and worshippers in spirit and truth. And he doesn't give that revelation in Jerusalem. He doesn't give that revelation in, in the heart of Israel. He gives that revelation in, Samar- in Samaria, in, in a place where people weren't worshipping God in spirit or truth. And he gives this revelation to them. And I imagine something stirred in their hearts. We get to worship God. It's not about the mountain. It's not about the way. It's not about the style. It's not about the building or the the, the style of music. But it's about worshiping the Father. And it's true. Sometimes it's just, you know, maybe the music wasn't in tune. Maybe the, the drum wasn't hitting it right. But man, the heart and the spirit was there. And you could just feel God's fire and presence. And that's about it. And Jesus is seeking worshipers in our neighborhood. Jesus is looking for those worshippers in our neighborhood, in our area. And I, I um, again, social media, I want you guys to really use it and, and share people. But um, I put a photo of our kids together with my brother-in-law, Gabriel and Catherine. They, uh, our kids, we've got together eight children all together between the two of us, and this year nine. And so they, they come to the, to the house, to grandma's house, and they, they put a table outside the house uh, and they were doing arts and crafts, and they were doing things. And they just brought all, and literally all the kids from another, from the neighborhoods. There's a lot of Somalians on our, the neighborhood that we live. And they all came around the table, and we we're just sharing with them. And then we, and just, just we get Giselle and I just said we got the privilege to pray for these kids to get to know their names, Ahmed and and and, and so and so and 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 um, the other name. She remembers all the names really good on that one. And I just remember Ahmed because he's, he's such a fiery little kid, and he's so passionate. And we get to pray for them, and she gets to, we get to just bless them. We're just saying, Lord, you know, you're looking for worshippers in this community, in this Somalian group, in, this, in, these, in these kids, in the Bengali children. And you're looking for worshippers in all of these, in, in the British, and in, in, in everywhere that we are. You're looking for worshippers there. Lord, teach me to love my neighbor. Teach me to share the gospel to them. Teach me to just begin to, to bring that truth to their hearts. I want you to ask the Lord to just lead us in the spirit in this as we pray. Let us stand as we pray and thank the Lord for, 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 the, for the neighbors, the communities that we're, we're part of. Father, I thank you that you've, you've placed us here in, in the city of London. I thank you that you've brought us from different parts of the world, Lord. I thank you also, Lord, for those who are natives, those who are born here as well, Lord, but you... You, you are, you, all the nations are here, Lord. When we look out on the streets, when we look out at our communities, Lord. Lord, there's so many, just not just the neighbors from other nations, Lord, but our neighbors who are bankers here, neighbors who are solicitors, graphic designers, neighbors who are maybe religious communities. Lord, I pray today, Lord, Father, that what we've seen in this scripture, Lord, that Jesus didn't avoid or go around, that Jesus didn't just, Lord, look at them and think, 
I can't do this or they're not, they're not going to accept it. But yet he was led by you, Father, to find those who will worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, that this woman, Lord, she just shared a simple message. Come and see, Lord. Give us that boldness to say to others, come and see. Come and see what God is doing in the house. Come and see what God is doing in the family. Come and see what God is doing. Come and see what God is moving in this area, Lord. Father, I pray that you, you stir us in these next few weeks as we begin to understand loving our neighbors, Lord, loving those around us, to have that passion and that heart, Lord. And Father, I pray that you bring your kingdom and your will to be done through us, Lord, as a church, Lord. We give you all the glory, all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. And I, just, I also just feel led to pray for healing just for a few. And just as you're just uh, there where you are, just, just um, Father, I pray right now for, for any back pain, Lord, Father. For anyone suffering from, from pain in their uh, bones, muscles, nerves, and tendons, Lord Father. I pray for healing in, in, in foot. I get a picture of someone maybe in their feet. I don't know if it's muscles or, or maybe the toes. Uh, I pray for right now for healing on the toes, Lord. Pray for healing right now on the toes. Pray anyone also affected with ear pain or inner ear pain. I pray for that right now, Lord Father, in Jesus' name. You take away any, any pain, infection anything that's hindering it, like a ringing sound in your ear, I command it to go in Jesus' name. Father, we just thank you for your healing touch, Holy Spirit. Father, just put that uh, healing upon your church, Lord, we pray, Lord. And we, we thank you for healing also for those of our members that are, are right now not with us here, Lord. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.